0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Listen, let's open our Bibles. We want to welcome all of you, those of you that are watching online. Uh, we miss you. Praise God. We know that many of you, you know, are still have been, uh, I wouldn't say locked up, but uh, confined. Maybe that's a better word. But we love you and we appreciate you. And uh, we're looking forward to the opportunity to uh, reunite with you here uh, one of these days real soon. So tonight I want to talk to you about faith. Can you imagine that? And and the reason I say that is, is because um, I just think uh, living in the last days like we are, uh, what you believe uh, about yourself, about our Heavenly Father, about uh, His will for your life uh, are imperatives. And and the reality is, is that uh, The more we come to know uh, what the Word of God has to say, which is where faith comes from, uh, the better off we're going to be. I was just praying a little bit before the service, and um, as I was praying, it just kind of floated up on the inside of me that when it comes to having faith, and we're going to look at this verse of Scripture here in a moment, but when it comes to having faith, it is inextricably tied to your relationship that you have with God. Okay, In other words, my wife and I have been together for now 43 years, and I like to think I know her pretty good. As a matter of fact, sometimes almost uncanny, I mean, we're almost thinking the same thing, you know. Well, it's, it's, it's because of relationship. You know, if I, if I um, have some kind of an acquaintance with someone else, I don't know anything about them. I mean, I may know a few things, but I don't know much. And the same thing's true with our Heavenly Father. He wants us to have a relationship with Him. And there's a lot of things that hinder people in their relationships with, with God. You know, they, they deal with guilt. Uh, maybe they deal with condemnation. But you know, the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life, praise God, hallelujah, has set us free from the law of sin and death. So, you know, those are, those are things we have to learn. You know, some of you, you maybe grew up in religious backgrounds, and God only knows what they taught you. And sometimes you have to unlearn things about who God is and what His nature or character may be like. And that's why He gave us His Word. It's a love letter that's been written from His heart to yours and to mine. And so that's why I say that when it comes to having faith, and we're going to take a look at it here a little bit tonight, um, it's, it's inextricably, I mean, you cannot separate uh, uh, your relationship with God and having faith. People that you know have no relationship with God, they have no faith. You know the Apostle Paul said, "Not everyone has faith. Not all men have faith," and that's certainly true. Uh, matter of fact, it's an interesting context there because, matter of fact, I just want to read it to you since I'm thinking about it. Would that be all right with you? Did I tell you where to turn or anything? Okay. Well, let's start here. Turn to First or Second Thessalonians. Uh, there in your Bibles, or if you got a device, you can look it up there. Second um, Thessalonians chapter three. And uh, y'all ready for just a good Bible lesson tonight? You know, the other thing I'd like to do is I, I want to maybe just to prepare your hearts. I mean, if you have a need in your life, uh, uh, maybe you need a miracle. I mean, you know, how many of you know God is a miraculous working God? So if you need a miracle, you know, you probably have one for you tonight. Not often the. Uh, sweet by and by but tonight so uh, you know if you've got a need uh, think about that a little bit. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 notice here he said uh, well I'll just start with verse 1 he said finally brethren pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course or that it might flow you know and you know it's interesting because we see this particularly right now in the day and age that we're living in where you know Uh, the ungodly, for a lack of a better way of saying it, people that are dominated by the devil are trying to do everything they can to restrict the flow of the Word of God. Shut down churches, shut down this, stop that, you know, do whatever. It's from hell. You know? And so he's saying here, pray for us that the Word of the Lord would have free course. Uh, You know, when Paul was talking about praying for those that are in authority, and certainly we can understand that, he said, pray for those that are in authority that, so that we can lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness because this is good and acceptable in the sight of our, our God who, will, or who wills to have all men saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Well people can't get saved if you don't preach. That's how people get saved is they hear the word. Well if they're trying to put the screws on us preaching the gospel or whatever the case might be then you know it's from hell. So anyway, he's talking here and he said, pray for us that the word would have free course and be glorified, hallelujah, or honored even as it has or has been with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable, King James uses the word unreasonable and wicked men Uh, and then he goes on to say, "For, for all men have not faith. You know, when you see the opposition going on uh, against the gospel. It's, it's, it's from people who are, uh, uh, have no faith. And not only that, in many cases uh, they're being led by and dominated by the devil. Absolutely. You know, sometimes people don't think about it, but you think about people that are in positions of authority right now and the opposition that they're having against what is right and just and and they're, the perversion of their thinking—they're—they're—they're they're, they're bound and led and being dominated by the devil, no question about it. You know, most people they don't want to talk about it, but the reality is, is that something is influencing that behavior, because some of it defies common sense. Would you not agree? So they gotta be under the influence of something uh, other than the kingdom of heaven. Are you listening to me? So that's why the church does need to pray and. You know the Apostle Paul, but notice uh, my point to this verse was: is he said, not everybody has faith. So let's turn to Mark eleven. Back there, Mark eleven, chapter uh, eleven, verse twenty-two, where I want to use this as a text again this evening. Hallelujah. Mark eleven twenty-two. Hallelujah. And before we read this, let's just pray together. I want you just to set your heart to hear what God wants to talk to you about and what He wants to say about your faith, your life, and what He wants to do there. Father, we're so grateful uh, for Your living Word. I mean, in times like this, Father, we are so thankful that we can draw upon the Spirit of God. But not only that, Father, but have faith in You. And know, Father, that You will preserve and keep the righteous. We thank you that in the midst of adversity, Father God, you will cause us. to God, Jesus came and paid a price so that we could have victory in you. So we thank you for your blessing tonight. And Father, for these dear precious people, those watching online as well. Father God, may we all have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to believe. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. (coughs) Notice again in this verse, uh, Jesus, praise God, is making this statement to his disciples after he had cursed the fig tree and he just made this statement he said Jesus answering said unto them have faith in God hallelujah that's a pretty good invitation isn't it (coughs) have faith in God glory to God that means I have a choice I can either have it or I can choose not to but he is telling us that we should have it praise God why because God is faithful And we can rely on what it is that he said and what it is that he has promised. Glory to God. You know, uh, late, uh, any of you, if you've ever read any of Lester Summerall's books, they'd be great books for you to get a hold of. He's he's passed away, went on to be with the Lord. Missionary statesman all over the world. uh, Had a great church in the Philippines. uh, Ended up in South Bend, Indiana. But a missionary all over the world. And I tell you what, this guy turned the world upside down. But by definition, he made this statement about faith. He said, it's the eye that sees the invisible, the ear that hears the inaudible. It's the hand that feels the intangible, and the power that works the impossible. How I many of you know God can do the impossible? I mean, he saved you. That was impossible. Hallelujah. Amen. He turned your life around. That was impossible. Amen. Amen. I mean, we all tried to do our best, and well, we failed pretty miserably until Jesus got involved. That's miraculous. Glory to God. What a miracle to have your nature changed from that as, uh, you know, uh, the nature of the world versus the nature of God. The Bible says, beloved, now are we the sons of God, and yet it does not yet appear what we shall be. But praise God, we know that when we see him, we'll be like him. Glory to God. But He's recreated us. Only God can do that. That's miracle miracle power. Amen? To change us in such a way so as to make us new creations in Him. And you think about it with the Virgin Mary, you know, when when she was approached by Gabriel, we mentioned this last Sunday, but you know, um, uh, the angels had been sent from God. And He said, you're going to have a child? The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you? And praise God, you know, you're going you're gonna to be uh, the mother of the Christ. And he said, and by the way, your cousin Elizabeth, six months down the road in a pregnancy, uh, and she's going to bear, bear the child who, who was once barren. And then verse 37, he said, the angel said, for with God, nothing. Everybody say nothing. nothing. With God, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. The Apostle Paul in First Corinthians chapter fifteen, he said, "Why should it be thought a thing incredible that Christ, or that God, should raise the dead? God can do whatever He wants to do. He's God, Amen." And you know the Bible talks about the fact that He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think because of the power of God that works within us. So you know, if we have a troubled situation, if we've been worrying and, and anxious about something, thank God we don't have to worry one more moment. But we can draw upon the strength that comes from heaven and the mind of God. You say, yeah, but you know, this, that, and that. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, praise God, that when you look to Him, not the problem, when you look to Him. Everybody say, look to Him. You know, that's the, that's the issue is, is we we look to the problem rather than the answer. The story about, you know, Peter walking on the water is a great example of that. As long as he was looking at Jesus, he was on top. But when he started looking at the waves or the problems or the circumstances around him, what, what happened? He started to what? He started to sink. Isn't that what happens in people's lives? When we get our eyes off the promise, when we get our eyes off what God said, You know, all of a sudden we start to sink. Well, thank God we don't have to do that. We can just keep our eyes riveted on him. Amen. And he'll take care of everything. Glory to God. So these are important things, you know, and and not only that, but, you know, tonight, I I, I want you to use your faith. I don't want to just talk about what faith is. You know, if there's a need you have in your life, let's agree tonight about that need. Hallelujah. And you say, well, I just don't know how God can do this. Well, it doesn't make any difference. You don't care as long as he does it. Isn't that right? So praise God. You know, if we got a need in our life or a concern that we have, let's believe God. Let's exercise our faith. Glory to God. So what is, what is it that is currently your need? Well, we need resources. Okay. Praise God. Let's believe God together for those resources. I need health. Okay. Let's believe God. You know, the Bible says himself took our infirmity And bear our sicknesses. Glory to God. With His stripes we are healed. Isn't that right? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Went about doing good healing. All that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Hallelujah. God's with us and He wants us to be well. You believe that? So whatever your need is, let's think about that. I talked to you a little bit about the characteristics of faith. You know, number one, the source for faith is God's Word. That's the only place you're going to find it, okay? And that's why I would, again, make reference to this fact that when it comes to faith, it's, it's inextricably tied to your relationship with Him. And the way that we become acquainted with God is through His Word, not what somebody said, not what somebody thought maybe might be the case, but what the Bible says. Are you listening to Because if you don't let the Bible be the final authority, if you don't let it be the gold standard, if it isn't the thing that you say, now wait a minute, what does the Bible say about it? You'll be all over the place. That's why we have 40 million different religions in the world, you know, and we got all of this because somebody had another idea. Well, we don't need one. We got this. And as long as, we're, as long as we tie ourselves to it and to the new covenant that God has made with us, we'll be all right. Faith carries with it the characteristic of humility toward God. Amen. In other words, he's first. I think about the Roman centurion, centurion you know, when he had a servant that was sick and he sent for Jesus and, uh, to heal his servant. And, uh, and Jesus said, well, I'll come and heal him. He said, you know, I'm not even worthy. To come under you know for you to come underneath my uh, roof just just say the word speak the word and my servant will be whole and the thing you need to understand in the context of that is is the centurion understood authority and a lot of people don't honor God you know they get all jacked up and they think they're somebody <laughs> we're nothing but in humility we can approach him on the basis of our covenant that we have with him and what it is that he's promised and be, in, be on good ground to be able to receive whatever it is that we have need, for, need of from Him. Do you understand that? But you know, if people get haughty or whatever the case might be, well then chances are it's not going to work out real good. We also talked about the fact that faith is of the heart. It's, it's with the heart that man believes. And here's the thing about this, you guys. I mean, I, I could talk till I'm blue in the face about faith. But if there's any one thing that will help you, it is simply for you to get in the book and let the book get in you. And, and when I say that, I'm just saying that faith comes naturally by the simple exposure that you have to the Word of God. If you're trying to have faith and if you're you know, laboring and all of this and that and the other, that's, that's not what faith is all about. Faith will come naturally to you if you'll just simply put yourself in the way of studying, meditating, thinking about the Word of God. Not only that, the Holy Ghost that's in you will start to, you know, <clears throat> rise up on the inside of you, enlighten you, give you revelation, and that's that's where faith comes from. It's from the heart. So we can relax, praise God, and just. Uh, I think the biggest issue that people have in 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 culture today is is they got too many inputs. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff, you know clamoring for your attention. Phone goes off all the time, you know, uh, if it's not the phone, it's a text boop, 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 you know, and you know, what's that? Oh, I got to look, you know, whatever. And and I, it's no wonder with all these distractions that we just, you know, sometimes, praise God, you got to throw the thing in the crick. I'm not suggesting you do that, but sometimes I think it might not be a bad idea. Leave it home. Oh my God, I can't do that. You clip my social butterfly wings. I can't have that. Well, yeah, you probably could, especially if you have a need in your life. But anyway. And uh, uh, <clears throat> with true Bible faith, there's movement. Are you listening to me? It's not static. A lot of people you know are sitting around, well, I'm just, a, I'm, I'm a hoping and a praying. Well, you're going to be doing a lot of it because nothing's going to happen until you move. Everything you see, faith is released by word and action. What we say and what we do, that's the way faith gets released in our lives. And then this is the uh, a point I want to make that's real important tonight. Faith is present tense. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And, and the reason that I say that is, is you know, people, like, like I said, you know, they're just a hoping and a waiting. And, you know, it, that's not the way it works. You know, we have to have faith within our heart with regard to what God promised and do it. Right? You know, if the if the Bible promises me that I can have a good marriage, then I'm going to find out how I'm supposed to behave in that marriage, and I'm not going to wait until my spouse responds, you know, so that I can, you know, try to get happy or whatever. I'm going to do what I got to do, as the husband, and she's supposed to do. Supposed to. It's tough. It's rough, man, Jeff. It's rough, but you know, (laughs) she does what she does, and guess what? Everything works out really good. Amen. But if I'm not careful, I can get my eyes on her. She can get her eyes on me. And certainly we, have, we are some kind of flawed people, amen? And But if you get your focus on that, pretty soon it just escalates, and it turns into a war. And God never intended any of that to happen. Are you listening to me? We say things we wish we didn't say. We do things we wish we hadn't done. You, you get it. You know, so so what we do is we get ourselves back to what it is that the Bible says. And we understand, praise God, that it has to have action. Glory to God. Now, uh, turn with me, if you would, to First Samuel, chapter 17. First Samuel, the 17th chapter. And I want to look at David when he uh, uh, slew Goliath. It's a powerful I mean, I know, you know, the story and all of that. But I mean, to tell you, this 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 kid had faith. And, you know, the, the King James um, describes him as a, you know, a ruddy little redheaded little kid, basically. But, you know, something powerful happened in this young. How many of you know faith is not confined to an age? Amen. I mean, you can you can I don't care what 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 your age is. That has nothing to do with it. But here this this young boy, basically, was sent by his father to go out and check on his brothers and take some provision and things of that nature. And he went out there and all of a sudden Goliath shows up and basically devised the armies of the living God and says, uh, send somebody out here and we'll fight and whoever wins, the other will serve the other. And nobody would take him up on it. And uh, so let's read here, beginning in verse... uh, uh, chapter 17, verse um, 23. You're just going to kind of jump in this. This is where he'd been sent by his dad to see about the you know, welfare of his brothers and things. And then he started listening to what was going on. Notice in 23, "...and as he talked with them, behold, there came up uh, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same word, and David heard his words." And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, everybody say saw, yeah, when they looked at him, when they looked, and the reason I'm emphasizing this so much of the time, you guys, we get into situations and we're looking at the what the problem, huh? it's overwhelming. You know, it's like, my God, what are we going to do? Well, as soon as they saw him, notice what it says, um, um, they fled from him and were sore afraid. Absolutely terrorized. Now, notice what it goes on to say. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man? Have you seen this guy? You know, it's like he is huge, you know? And, and I'm sure that David was thinking, yeah, he's so big, you couldn't miss him if you tried. In other words, he looked at it one way, and the rest of them were looking at it from a different way. And we do that a lot, don't we? Huh? Huh? So notice he says, have you seen this man, you know, that, that comes up surely to vie Israel? Uh, is he come up? And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches, will give him his father's, uh, uh, give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by and said, wait, 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 wait a minute, what? The king is going to do what? He said, what will the uh, what shall be done to the man that kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God Now who what what kid talks like that Huh I mean see a lot of times we think that David was going wait a minute man whoo I could be the king's son-in-law and blah, blah, blah. That wasn't what he was thinking. I mean, he did ask, what did you say? But that wasn't what motivated him. What motivated him was, is who is this guy that's defying us? Listen, uncircumcised Philistine, he's talking about a covenant that that guy doesn't. He understood we've got a covenant with God. He doesn't. Are you with me? You've got a covenant with God. Isn't that right? And, and uh, so, you know, they rehearsed the whole thing again, and uh, everybody was, you know, wondering what was going on. So all of a sudden, he says, hey, O king, let no man's heart fail them. I'll go after it. Now, you know, this is an impossible situation in the eyes of probably everyone. Isn't that right? You know, Saul said, dude, you can't go out there. You're a kid. He's been a warrior from his youth. He's going to eat your lunch. Huh? You know, so they're they're all looking at it from a different standpoint than, of course, what he. And here's the thing that you have to understand when it comes to faith. The opposite of faith is fear. Huh? When they saw it, did you see that guy? Well, as soon as they were afraid, you know, and the same thing's true with you guys. Listen to me. God has not given to you the spirit of fear. And when you're afraid, you're not in faith. Now, it's not an indictment. It's just a fact. So the only thing that can happen in this situation, we've got to replace whatever it is that we're afraid of with some new information or knowledge that takes away the threat of fear. Isn't that right? So, again, the opposite of, of, uh, well, the opposite of faith is fear. And fear, uh, whether you realize it or not, it'll cause you to miss your opportunity. It, it caused the nation of Israel to miss their opportunity to go into a promised land, and they wandered around in 40 years and died. Fear is not a part, and probably one of the great... I mean, what's going on in the world in which we're living in right now? I mean, people are so stinking afraid, they don't know whether they're coming or going. Fear is clamping on to their hearts. Men's hearts failing them for fear. Of the things that are coming on the earth. You haven't seen anything yet. So we better get a hold of what it is that the Bible's talking about. So praise God that we can walk in faith. Come on now. And enjoy the blessing of God. Praise God. And here's the other cool thing about this, you guys. If we'll get our heads and hearts wrapped around this, then we can be a catalyst to help so many others. You don't have to be afraid. Fear not. You know, God can move in this situation. He can deliver. He can set free. He can move and, and make a way where there is no way. But it all, becomes, it all comes as a result of the relationship that you and I have with Him, to know Him, to love Him, to obey Him, to follow Him. Hallelujah. And then that way we can lay our head down on the pillow at night and have sweet sleep. Isn't that what the Bible promises? He'll give His beloved what? Sweet sleep. Glory to God. Claim it. Let it be yours. Hallelujah. It belongs to you. Glory to God. So, uh, <clears throat> But here's the thing, you know, faith causes a person to have courage. Here's this little kid. He says, man, not a problem. We can make this happen. You know? And they, I'm sure they thought he was well, at the end, you know, King Saul, he says, well, the Lord be with you. Best of luck there, buddy. They sent him out there like, you know, like he was a chunk of meat saying, well, this ain't going to be good, but, you know, whatever. We'll let the kid give it a try. So let's go on reading here and uh, see. Uh, <clears throat> now, wait a minute. I'm not I'm not ready to go there yet. Here's the thing. This is important. OK, I want you to note this important point, And that is simply this, that one thing that you need to know about David is, is that he had been given charge of his father's sheep. Well, there a lot going on out there, okay? I mean, once in a while, you know, might have a little, you know, something, something trying to get into him, but otherwise pretty. But this kid had been meditating and thinking about God's word and the covenant that he had with him all that time while he was out there. And so my point to that is, is he'd been feeding and meditating on God's promises long before this encounter. Why is that important? Because if you wait, dude, until the storm comes to build your house, you're going to have problems. That's why regularly having your systematic times where you're just feeding on the word of God and, you know, excuse me, communing with Him, letting God talk to you, hallelujah, and blessing you, worshiping God. You know, and magnifying his name. Hallelujah. Wasn't that good tonight? You know, just to lift up your hands and to worship God up out of your spirit. Glory to God. So, so that's important. Let's go on reading now. Let's go on to uh, verse 32. Notice it says, and David said to Saul, let man, uh, no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Now these were not idle words. These were not empty words. He wasn't saying, well, you know, I'm going to give this a try and see how it works. No, he said, I, 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 I got this. So where does, he come, where does this come from? Because nobody else is doing it. They're all going and hiding in the weeds. It's from this thing called faith. What great courage. And notice what it goes on to say then in 33. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight him, for thou art but a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. And David said to Saul, Hallelujah. I love this because I tell you what, praise God, when people tell you you can't do something, I mean, you've got to answer back, baby. You've got to tell them why and how it is. Are you listening to me? Because so much of the time, we have dreams within our hearts. We have desires that God has placed there, and all of these different kinds of things. And people will always say, you can't do that. That'll never happen. Well, you know, it will if you got faith. Why? Because all things are possible to him that believes. Huh? With God, nothing is impossible. Are you with me? You might be a minority, but I'll tell you this much about it. You're, you're, you're hooked on to the king. Glory to God. So, notice he goes on to say, David responds right back in 34. He said to Saul, your servant kept his father's sheep there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and I smote him. Woo! You know, in other words, he didn't say, well, there goes one. See ya. No, man, he went after him. Can't be taking my father's sheep. Can't be taking my sheep. Notice what it goes on to say. And, and, and what's that called? It's called movement. You know? Hallelujah. Don't give up on whoever it is that you're praying for, your loved ones. Don't give up. Go out after them. Glory to God in prayer and believe God for them. Are you listening to me? So he goes on here in 34. He said, thy servant kept your father's sheep. And there came a lion bearer and I went out after him. Verse 35, smote him, delivered him out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine is going to be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Woo! I like David. I want to be his friend. Because he believes God. Look at verse 37. David said, moreover, the Lord has that delivered me. Now, here he gives credit. The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me, glory to God, out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, well, giddy giddy up, go, and the Lord be with you. Hallelujah. See, you know, faith has a language. Are you listening to me? And it's not whining. It's not full of fear. Now again, if that's where we are, that's okay, but let's change it. Are you with me? Come on now. You know, let's get it straightened out and, and say some things. And like I said, th- th- these are not the words uh, that David had just kind of worked up. You know, well, i got to put on a big show here because after all, I'm going to get the king's daughter. Listen, I can tell you right now, if that was his motive, he'd been in a world of hurt and he better not show up. But no, they, they came from his innermost being. A thing called faith rose up on the inside. And notice he gave the credit. He said, the Lord delivered me out of the hand or the paw, of the lion, and the bear, and he's going to do the same thing for me here. Glory to God. He rehearsed past victories. Have any of you ever had God do something for you in your life? Sometimes you need to rehearse those things that he's done for you. It'll bless you. Praise God. You know? Keep it up in the forefront of your lives. You know, it might have been, you know, some kind of need you had, or it might have been, you know, a health situation, whatever. But these weren't words that he had just worked up. David's words were filled with confidence. They were were filled with assurance. They were filled with courage. They were filled with faith. Well, how can I have that kind of faith? Well, then you just need to do what David did. What did he do? Well, he began to, first of all, rehearse who his God was or is. Amen. You know, God blessed me here. He helped me here. He did this. I remember when he did this. You know, these are things that you can do. Rehearse who he is in your life. Number two, talk about how big your God is and not how big the problem is. Number three, begin to say what God says about you. I tell you, he loves you. Glory to God. You're his workmanship. He's on your side. If God be for you, who can be against you? But a lot of people, they're not sure whether God's for them or not. They're just kind of in this, you know, no man's land. But I tell you what, if you read the Bible, you'll get figured out. He's on your side. Are you listening to me? And he'll do amazing things for you. Glory to God. So, and here, dare to believe that God can And will do the impossible for you. You know, God can change your life in five seconds. I mean, there can be divine things that happen just like that. And all of a sudden, everything changes. He can do the miraculous. He can do the impossible. And then, like I said before, feed and meditate on the word so that your faith, and I mentioned this, you know, if if we'll just study and meditate on the word of God, faith will come, I guarantee you. I mean, it will show up and all of a sudden you'll look at life differently. I remember this one time, you know, I don't know what I was thinking, but I decided I was going to take my wife and uh, her sister and mother up to Anita for supper one night. And there's an airport, a grass runway right across the road from the uh, Redwoods. And I, you know, she was asking me, she said, well, how are we going to, how are we going to get to the, to the restaurant, I said, well, "I don't know. We'll figure it out. You know, it'll be all right. It'll be all- You know, we might have to do a little walking." Well, dude, when I landed, dude, we were a long way. I got my mother-in-law, and I don't know how old she is, and I got two sisters. I'm thinking, man, I can't be hauling them up there. Well, I called ahead, you know, and there was a guy that answered the phone, and he and I said, you know, I was just going up there. Is there any chance there's a courtesy car or something there, and and or whatever? And he says, "Well, no." He says, "I'm just here mowing," you know, and. And uh, I said, "Well, all right. Uh, yeah, it's not too far, is it, to the restaurant?" "No, no, it's all right. You know, whatever." And uh, so, so we're on our way. We're flying up there in the plane, and somebody, I think, you know, brings up the idea. Of, you know, how are we going to get to the restaurant? I said, "I don't know. It's going to work out just great." You know, and I don't know why, but I just knew it was. I mean, it was weird, but it was fun. You know, we're on an adventure here. You know, and uh, so we land. And uh, this guy, when we get there he correct me if I'm wrong but he's there. He says, uh, he says uh, "Hey, he says, I tell you what." He says, "I called my wife, she's come down, picked me up. Here's my car. He says, "You just drive it up there, and you can have dinner tonight, and whenever you get done, just bring it back down here and park it, and I'll get it later." I said, "Well, God bless you. I mean, can I do this?" So- no, 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 it's all good, you know." And so we went and had dinner and came back, and away we went. Hallelujah." Amen. You say, well, it seems like it was a foolish thing. Maybe. But it all worked out. Huh? Praise God. Now, I'm not suggesting that you do something like that. But I'm just telling you that I'm telling you that, that God can make a way where there is no way. In, you know, are you with me? Hallelujah. I think he did it just because he loves us. He said, man, I'm going to have to help this kid out. And so he did. Praise God. Now notice with me here, let's go on reading in our story because we're coming up on our time here. <clears throat> in chapter 17, let's drop down to 41. So he goes to, to, to this battle with, uh, with Goliath. In verse 41, the Philistine came on and drew near to David and the man that bare the shield went before him. So here's this big nine and a half foot guy and he's got a shield bearer in front of him. You know, how would you like to be the shield bearer? dude talk about vulnerable man they're going to you know you're out there you're supposed to be protected this guy well anyway i don't quite get that but anyway so uh in verse 42 when the philistine looked about and he saw david it, uh, he disdained him he said because he was young and 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 ruddy and of fair countenance and the philistine said to david am i a dog that you come to me with stone, you know staves sticks he said uh He said, and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I'll give your flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Has anything ever threatened you in your life before? You ever had some kind of thing show up in the mail and says, I'm going to bury you. Or somebody call you on the phone or some kind of a diagnosis when you're in a a doctor's office. Said, your party's over. You know, he said, come to me. I'm going to feed your flesh. Now, again, what did David do? Oh, my God, what have I got myself into? No, he went right back at him. Notice what he goes on to say here. Notice what he says. (laughs) David, in verse 45, said to the Philistine, You're coming to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield, but I come to you. In the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. And then he went on, This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand, and I will smite you. I'm going to take your head from you, and I'm going to give your carcass to the hosts of the Philistines this day, to the fowl of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all in the earth, may know that there is a God in Israel. And all the assembly shall know the Lord. Uh, Satan's not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he's going to give you into our hands. Well, it came to pass, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to, to meet David, that David hasted, hallelujah, ran right at him, hallelujah, hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead, uh, that the stone stunk into his forehead, and he fell upon the face of the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in his hand. Or the hand of David. So he ran, stood upon the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out from the sheath thereof, and slew him, cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they what? They what? They fled. Get thee behind me, Satan. Hallelujah. Now notice in verse 52, And the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued. Now they're all fired up. Huh? Somebody kind of helped them out and pursued them and overtook them and and uh but here's the thing, they they became emboldened by one person's act of courage. Hallelujah. I remember when we were building this building, I mean it was a daunting uh thing. You know, a million and a half dollars. I mean, now you gotta think that's 20 years ago. It's maybe not a big deal now, but it was a big deal to us, you know. And, and there was all kinds. But you know what? Praise God. We had a group of people in a church family that believed God. And so we took off. And you know, yeah, there were obstacles. There was all kinds of things. I've shared it with you before. The architect said, you'll never get a bill for less than $2 million. And we said, oh yeah, we will. And we did. You know, just because somebody tells you you can't do something doesn't mean you can't do it. Huh? That's their opinion. Are you with me? And I mean, even if it had taken more money, God would have taken care of that too. You're sitting in a miracle, as far as I'm concerned. Who builds a church like this in a cornfield? A bunch of people that just love Jesus and want to believe God. That's who does it. Are you with me? So, you know, again, all things are possible if we'll just believe Him. Well, I mean, and, and of course, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, the assumption is, is we're doing what He asks us to do, right? Amen. So <clears throat> um, they, they ran after him and they killed them all and like I said they were emboldened by David's courage. You know the Bible says we walk by faith and not by what? We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by what he said and not by what we think or see or feel. Amen? We walk by faith and not by sight. And the mistake of many Christians is, now I've said this, just I made a little statement or comment, but it's so true. That the mistake that so many Christians make is that they're saying what they have instead of having what they say. You with me? Well, I can't do this. I never get that. You know, every time I try, you know, and, and so that's that's where they're at. They're in that world, you know, and so nothing ever happens. Well, you know, every time I try to do something, it all goes wrong, you know, and all of those different kinds of things. Well, you have to stop saying those kinds of things, and start saying what God says about you. Amen? Yeah. And if we do that, then things will begin to change. I mean, every morning when you get up, you just say, you know, Father, I thank you that you're on my side. You said in your word that if you are for me, who can be against me? What can be against me? Praise God. You said that you'd make a way where there is no way. Hallelujah. You know, and you began to rehearse what it is that you know that God has promised where your life is concerned. Because, you know, faith, faith in your heart can turn anything around. Are you listening to me? I mean, it, it can flat out change everything. You know, for example, Caleb said, let's go up at once and possess it. Movement. For we are well able. And right behind it in the next verse, the other ten said, we're not able. They're, they're stronger than we are. You know, there's always going to be things, obstacles, and challenges that are trying to tell you that you can't do something. Are you listening to me? But again, with God, all things are possible. How many of you believe that tonight? So make a decision that you're not going to allow things from your mouth. This is, this is powerful. Make the decision, quality decision tonight, that you are not going to allow things from your mouth that contradict what the Bible has to say or what God has said about you. Don't speak disparagingly about you. Don't speak disparagingly about your spouse, about your kids. It's no wonder parents have problems with their kids. They don't put things into their kids. They take it out. Well, you never amount to anything. Can't you do anything right? You know, all these different kinds of things. Nothing could be worse than making those kinds of statements. And the thing about those kids is, is all they're doing is seeking the approval of their parents, and they can't get it. It's no wonder they end up all jacked up. Am I in the right house? So when it comes to your personal life, stop talking ugly about yourself. Because God thinks of you much more dearly and highly than you do. Huh? Thanks for your excitement. It's true anyway. Praise God. You know... I I just pulled these out because I just happened to think of them. I had a confession sheet years ago, and I would go down in my basement uh, when we were living. I mean, when we first got uh, um, married and started in the ministry. And, I, and you can see they're kind of uh, they've been around a while, like 40 years. And I would just sit down there and I'd say, Father, I offer thanks that I have access to your throne because of what Jesus did in his life, his death, and resurrection. He was cast from your presence that I might be welcomed there. So I come boldly and I confidently confess that Jesus is the Christ come in the flesh. According to 1 John 5, 1, I'm born of God. I'm a new creation. Old life, the old life, the old things are gone. The new has come. How how much better off would we be if we would start saying these things? Instead of reminiscing and living in the past or whatever the case might be? It is written in your word that whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. I'm born of God and I believe and say that I'm a world overcomer. I have the nature of God in me. That divine nature delivers to me divine wisdom for life, the ability to conquer. Jesus is in me. I'm in him. I have his life, his strength, his power, his ability, his faith, his righteousness. I am what your word says I am. Your word says I'm your workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So I confess your work is a success. Hallelujah. It is a good work. The works of the Almighty are displayed in me and they are a pleasure unto him. I'm walking in the power of God, fighting with the weapons of righteousness. I've been raised up in power. I was crucified with Jesus. I died with Him. I suffered with Him. I was justified with Him and made alive unto God with Him. I go free from the dominion of Satan. I go free from the oaks of bondage. I go free from poverty, sickness, and sin. I reign as a king in life. I am a partaker of Christ's resurrection victory, His resurrection life, His resurrection new creation. Jesus conquered sin. Jesus conquered disease, Jesus conquered weakness, Jesus conquered Satan and his demons. I partake of his victory, therefore I'm a world overcomer in the name of Jesus. I have victory over sin, disease, weakness, and all the works of Satan. And then it goes on and says some other things. i got another one here, got another one here about giving the word first place, got another one about the confession of your tongue. And then this one I wrote down. And this is the prayers of Ephesians in chapter 1 and chapter 3. I'm going to read this for the sake of time. Father, I pray that you'll grant me a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into mysteries and secrets, in the deep and intimate knowledge of you. I bow my knees before you, Father, for whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that you grant me out of the rich treasure of your glory to be strengthened. I, you know, when I, when I think about my having penned this, I thought, man, this is good stuff, you know. I mean, it it, it mimics the prayer, but there's other stuff in that. And it came out of my heart, you know, to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in my inner man by the Holy Spirit himself, indwelling my innermost being and personality. May Christ, through my faith, actually dwell and make his permanent home in my heart, that I may be rooted deep in love, founded securely on love, and that I may have the power Uh, and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and depth of it, that I may really come to know and experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge, and that I may be filled through all my being unto all the fullness of God, and that I may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself." In Jesus' name, amen. You know, so, you know, uh, it might not hurt us if we get a few of these things and put them together and just let our heart, you know, um, confess who it is that God is and pray these prayers. You know, I mean, however it works for you. I'm I'm going to get these things back out. I got blessed just reading them first. You know, I'm thinking, hallelujah, this is good stuff. And I bet you, I'll bet you they're at least, I know they're 35 years old. They might be older than that. So uh, anyway, to conclude, um, let's replace fear with faith and let's begin to believe God for the impossible. Amen. Amen. I'll close with this story. Uh, you can read it for yourself. It's in first Samuel chapter 14. If you just go back about three verses there, and it's about Jonathan. And uh, evidently they they had enemies and uh, and uh, the Philistines. And, and so he got up one morning and he decided, hey, Let's go across the river here into the, into the uh, uh, host of the Philistines. So Jonathan and his armor bearer, his armor bearer says, well, you know, whatever the Lord's put in your heart, let's do it. I mean, you talk about a guy devoted. I mean, he didn't even say, are you sure you want to do this? Because there was a garrison on the other side. And, and Jonathan, I mean, you know, you just talk about the miraculous power of God and faith. And he says, let's go over there. He says, let's just let's believe God, you know, let's go over there. He says, you know, now here's the deal. He says, if we go over there and they say, hey, stay where you're at and we'll come down to you. He says, well, then we'll just stay put and we won't do anything. But if they tell us to come up to them, God's given them into our hands. And so sure enough, they, he, he said, let's go out and let them discover us. In other words, you know, let's go over and you know, basically expose ourselves that we're here. So sure enough, they get out there and they say, hey, you know, here we are. And they, they look down and they see him. And they go, oh, look. You know, you know were Israelites. They, they came out of their hole. They're down there. See them right down there? Came out of their hiding places, out of their hole. And and so what did they say? They said, hey, come on up here. You know? And and uh, Jonathan says, hey, Armour Bear. God's given them into our hands. And there was 20 of them up there. And so the Bible says that he crawled this, or climbed this hill on his, on his hands and feet, because evidently it was pretty pretty steep. And he had his armor bearer with him. And dude, he goes up there and starts whooping up on these. I think the armor bearer was doing all the work. Jonathan was probably sitting around going, hey, 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 there's one getting away there. Go, 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 get him. And so he killed him, killed, and killed 20 of them. You know? I mean, that's supernatural. Well, so what, uh, what happens? Word gets out that this is going on. Saul, I mean, you know, they didn't even, Saul was hiding. He was a wimp. He was just faithless, you know? And so they heard, you know, that all the Philistines are running. Who, what, what's going on? Who's missing here? Well, your son and his armor bearer. And they went up there, man, and, and uh, improbable, but yet God did something really miraculous. Would you stand with me tonight? Now, I don't know what your need is or where it is, you know, that you might have a need, but I tell you what, I've shared some things with you that I believe that will give you faith for whatever it is that you're believing for. You may not know how, you may not know when. But I tell you what, let's believe God tonight. Shall we do that? Hallelujah. How many of you got something you're going to believe God for tonight? Okay? All right. Now, so get that fixed in your mind whatever it is that you're going to believe him for. Now, here's what the Bible says. What things soever you desire, when you pray, at the time when you pray, you believe that you receive whatever it is that you have as a need within your life. Now, for some of you, you may it may instantly come. You know, uh, depending on the need for others it may not, but I tell you what praise God, let's let, let let's let God work here, shall we? Huh? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we thank you so much. For what you desire to do within our lives, Father, that you no longer want us to live in anxiety or fear, not another moment. And so Father, as a people we come before you, Father, and you see the needs that are represented in the lives of these your people Father God and we come together and father we're asking as a matter of petition before you to meet those needs I want you to follow me in this prayer say this with me dear Heavenly Father Father, I thank you for your desire desire to to meet all of my needs and so I bring my need to you tonight and I want to thank you in advance for answering my prayer I thank you Lord Because I believe that I receive my need met right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, for doing only what you can do. And I thank you for the work of God within my life. And I promise you to give you all the glory. Hallelujah. Now, just lift one hand up toward heaven and just thank him for that need that you have in your life. God, I thank you for wisdom. I thank you for healing. I thank you for wholeness, soundness of mind. I thank you for peace. Thank you, Father God, for your grace, joy, Father, where there's discouragement. I thank you, Lord, for answering whatever it is. You said in your word, Father, that you would give us the desires of our heart and so I just want to thank you in advance, Father, for each and every one of these people as they made their, their need known to you. And we thank you, Father, in advance for your blessing to each and every one of